Hey everyone, welcome to Tales of Recovery. This is Greece Alves. And this podcast is about grief. My grief. However, I'm processing this newly experience of my mother having passed. And so, you know, when she first died, it was just... I think I was on such a relief because she was struggling so much that it was weeping and weeping and weeping. Plus, you know, all the ceremonial um, welcoming into her new life or her new journey that we created with her was very, very healing. And so for that first week, I think I felt really held in just the satisfaction of having been with her throughout this past year. The family got super tight like my brother my sister and I the husbands the kids and it was it really that love and that opportunity to be able to honor her and have the viewing at the house the funeral there was just really really it was just healing you know and so during that moment it was it was funny because you know you'd walk around and be like hey mom oh wait a minute mom's not here okay whoops um or let me call my mom oh, well, I can't call her because, you know, she's dead. And then having to wait seven days for this mass that they did was just pretty, like, like I didn't really want to go to any mass. So that's when I began to notice, is this grief, like not wanting to go to something that is just not good for me? It felt more like a commitment to do, like a dress-up party and having to go through it. And then I thought, okay, well, this is part of the grief, you know, you just also allow others this space to cry like my kids were crying my sister my dad really thought it was cool and um so many people show up and you really appreciate it and then you know okay okay then the deep sorrow is going to start right the deep the definition of grief is this deep sorrow especially that caused by someone's death and so i'm expecting um something horrible to happen and nothing horrible is happening like I'm still kind of going on this just this love of knowing like feeling my mom breathing through me and just being around and you know I had to go back to work and the judge that I'm in I'm in this courtroom and he has a purple tie on and I'm like a purple tie like that's what my brother-in-law wore at the wedding at the wedding (laughs) at the funeral mass a purple tie um That's what it felt like, though. It felt like a wedding, you know, because people gathered and dressed up and you celebrate. It's like you're celebrating the end of the adventure that was her life. We're so far away, removed from the nature of death and just the normalcy of it that I think it comes. um, We forget that it's like this. It's like a weird celebration, but it really is because it's the end of the adventure. Um. You know, the dogs just got in. So there might be a podcast where the dogs are the special guests. Um, don't mind the dogs. It's part of the grief. Um, so, you know, a lot of, I'm assuming, well-meaning people have been telling me to get ready because it's going to be horrible and you're just going to feel like you're dying. And I'm reading the seven stages of grief. And, you know, I call bullshit on those seven stages because I think grief is like an ongoing practice until I die. It's not like I'm going to go through these seven steps and then I'll be fine. It might not be as raw or, you know, 
time comes and goes, but you're always going to miss the person that died. And there'll be moments and sounds and music and experiences that remind you and that you just, if you are capable to just oh, practice the grief and allow the crying and allow it to flow. And um, I, I, I'd much rather choose that than wait for these seven steps, these seven stages of grief that I'm just not sure are as legit as they um, intend them to be. You know, I, I have found that my practices are really holding me um, and that I'm trying to find like different ways to channel, channel different stimuli, you know. And so I... As I'm waiting for this big brick to drop, because everyone's telling me that this is going to drop and this is going to happen and nothing's happening, I went to work one day and it happened. I drove to, I, I took the train to LA. I'm in the train station. I'm walking towards the train and I hear this, like, um, some piano playing, like a really loud classical piano. And I'm just like, what? Who? Who's playing the piano? Like, I can't stand that music right now. I can't. And my chest started to sink in. And I thought, okay, this is it. This is it. This is where it's happening. This is the grief thing that they say that you just can't breathe. And I walk over to the piano and I'm getting pissed off with the piano guy. And I'm like, what are you doing? And I realized, oh, um, well, it's this really cute guy playing the piano. And he's doing a great job and he's very young and, and people are recording him. And I'm like, okay, fine. I, my daughter calls me. I always start crying on the phone. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm not okay. Me neither. We're bawling. We're just crying. And then we start laughing. And then, okay, I'm on my way home. And, and. I realized, I told her, I, I, Paula, this is like coming in waves, like they said. She's like, I know, it's weird. And I don't know what happened. We made some joke and we ended up laughing. And But we were there, present for each other, uh, acknowledging, okay, we're feeling really sad because she's actually dead now and this is normal. Like we're processing this grief through the body. And I tell her, okay, I'm going to hop on the train. I'll see you guys when I get home. And I get on the train and the guy driving the train is going hella fast, way faster than he's supposed to. And I begin to notice like so much fear. I'm like, wait a minute. I drive the, I take the train all the time. Like, what's the big deal? Just, you know, what am I going to do? Go tell him, hey, can you tell the guy to slow down? Because we're supposed to cruise in this train, watching the ocean, not go hella fast. So that then we can have two deaths in the family before the week is over. What the hell? But I'm just like noticing, okay, well. Maybe this is part of the grief. Um, stronger flight or flight emotions in my body. So I just start to breathe and and notice the fear and, and, and welcome it and acknowledge it. And I'm, I'm being, you know, I'm just sitting with it. I'm sitting with it. Um, and I'm like doing my breathing practices. Okay, this is fear. But okay, get in your body. Notice your seat. Notice your feet. Notice that, oh, notice that he's going really, really fucking fast again. What the hell is this guy doing? What is it? And then I just get back in the body, get back. And, you know, I rode like that for like 40 minutes until I fell asleep. And then I woke up and I thought, okay, wow, I guess this is grief. I'm, I'm practicing this grief now, you know. Um, and I get out and I come home and just being with my kids and my husband and the dogs is very healing right now. Um when the next morning comes, um, then I feel fine, right? And so it's like this coming and going, coming and going, and then I begin to feel guilty in my grief. Like, I I don't know, man. Should I be sadder? Should I be... Okay, that was a that was a weird, weird, heavy-duty experience over there at the train station. 
I said, I felt that and I felt the other thing at the train. And then I thought, okay, but maybe now, maybe now it's going to stop. So I'm just kind of doing my thing, doing my thing. And of course I begin to feel these emotions of, man, I should have done something different. Maybe I could have been there more or, or given, taken to another specialist, or I don't know if I did the right thing with my, you know, with my dad and how did we plan this? And the guilt, the guilt starts coming in and I'm like, wait a minute, why am I feeling so guilty? What the hell? I got to go to yoga. So I'm, I mean, I'm in, I'm at core power every day, every damn day doing yoga because that's one of the things that has helped me is staying in the practice, staying in all of my practices, um, which I'll tell you about in a little bit, but I run to yoga and I'm sitting there breathing and breathing and just the heat and just noticing and getting back into the body and having all the sensations coming and going. And I begin to realize, you know what? This Judeo-Christian bullshit that I've been programmed with is is tied into a feeling of sadness and a feeling of heaviness. And so I have, and I mean, this makes sense to me. It might not make sense to you, but I have attached sadness and grief and, and bad, like a, a feeling of sadness to guilt and to having to be like a self-sabotage. Uh, I, I believe it's because of the upbringing of the church, like, you know, por mi culpa, por mi culpa, because it's my fault and I'm guilty and we have to carry the cross and suffer like Jesus. And so I, I was doing this processing and yoga going, I do not have to feel bad about anything. I just have, I can just openly allow this sadness to flow and to notice what, you know, that is, it's sadness, it's, it's anger, it's whatever emotion it is. It's hot, it's cold. What color do I put into it? I do a lot of somatic experience work and trauma informed yoga. So I'm kind of like aware of when I'm re resisting an emotion or a sensation in my body. And then when I pay attention to it and breathe into it, it's just like this opening of, oh, that's what it is. And I realized that the yoga, that's what it was. I'm, I'm attaching feelings of guilt and shame to my grief. And that's just, it's messed up. And it's completely not necessary. Like, I don't need to feel bad about anything that happened, any of my efforts, any of the way that I ran this. I was doing the best I can, just like all of us are. We're all doing the best we can. We prepared, we, we, you know, I, I was very well aware that my grieving began like, you know, two years ago when my mom had her stroke. I knew right away, okay, well, she's going to die and we're going to help her. That was it. It's like I was aware of it. And, you know, there's this saying, um, it's Ram Dass, R or RD, like Pete Holm calls him. It says, I encourage you to make peace with death, to see it as a culminating adventure of this adventure called life. It is not an error. It is not a failure. It is taking off a tight shoe, which you have worn well. So I, I went back to that and I thought, okay, this is my practice of grief. I've known this. I've known that my body would, would be receiving these messages in different ways. And, you know, some people get a really bad cold or, or you just feel very tense or you just, some days I've just had to stay home and sleep all day. And I've been very, very, very gentle with myself about that. Like, you know what? I'm going to go to yoga, come back and just work from home. And I don't want to talk to anybody. And I just want to sit here and make soup for my kids and 
When they come home, we're just going to chill. And it's been wonderful to honor that in me because I, I understand that grief is not a feeling. It is a capacity. Stephen Jenkinson states, it's, it's a, grief is not a feeling. It's a capacity. It is not something that disables you. We are not on the receiving end of grief. We are on the practicing end of grief. And so as I've been practicing, um, just flowing, you know, allowing these emotions to go through my body. Uh, when I went to the sweat lodge, the Stemascal, where I was drumming and screaming and singing and crying and crying and crying and just releasing, releasing the sadness, the emotions, the pain. It hurts. It hurts when your mom dies. What the hell? Nobody tells you. They do tell you, you know, but you don't know until you, until you know. It's like an experience. It's like experiencing God. You people could tell you their religion, their beliefs, whatever. It's when you have the experience of this mystery that you know. That's when you know. And the practices that I've been doing, you know, we, we got together with the chorus last Sunday and we were singing and singing and singing has been very healing for me, singing and dancing. When I feel like I just can't, you know, I sit down to meditate and I turn on the music and I just begin singing. And the energy's moving and flowing and I'm crying and then I'm just creating and I'm honoring life um, during with my grief, you know. There's been long, hot showers that I just sit there and I just pamper myself with the warm water. So sleeping a little bit longer. I'm definitely being way less hard on myself, way less hard on myself. I'm slowing down and noticing the slowing down. Before I go crazy with the kids or that they didn't clean the kitchen or that this or that happened, I'm like, you know, compassion, compassion, self-compassion. They lost their grandma too. My husband loves his mother-in-law. You know, when I see my dad, ooh, that's when it gets hard. Um, you know, because now I notice his vulnerability and his age and his, you know, funny way of being. And I'm like, wow, it's so cool that, you know, that I've been spending all this time with you and my mom. And, you know, now my mom is gone. But when I see you, oh, God, you know, we were doing this drumming. I was in my backyard. One of these practices, again, of releasing is drum circles. So I'm sitting there with Golden and Kirti and Corazon, and we're drumming and drumming and drumming and just, you know, rhythms coming and going. And I just start to sing, and Kirti's like, yeah, sing. And I don't know what came through me, but I'm just singing, like, where did you go, Mom? Like this rhythm, like, a donde te fuiste, mama? Pa, pa, pa. We're drumming, we're drumming. A donde te fuiste, mama? And just we're drumming and drumming, like, where did you go, dude? All I have is your ashes. But I feel you, and I and I have your vibrations in me. And then it's like, you know, te veo, te veo, te siento cada vez que veo a mi papá. Because that's what's happening. It's like I see my dad, and it's like, oh. It's like this knife in my heart fuck man you're next holy shit i mean maybe i don't know it's like please don't die right now give me like at least a year or five or ten because it's too much responsibility right now that's how i feel it i guess the grief is like this weight this responsibility this um it's not like it's a bad responsibility it's just like it's something you have to do Practicing this grief and, and noticing this weight of heaviness, 
of um of awkwardness sometimes it's like it's awkward like i got together with my brother and sister and all the kids were running around and i'm i'm sitting there going like i feel kind of weird and and i can't really put like a specific name to it like my brother's here with his wife and the kids my sister's here with his with her husband and the kids julio and my dad and all my kids are here and everyone's kind of going around and the house is like my house is really really small and so we're like bumping into each other we're eating food we're playing ping pong and and it was great but i felt like i don't know i couldn't really put my finger on what the hell the emotion was so again after everyone left i lit my candle i sat down there and i just began to notice like where do i feel this like what's happening here is this in my chest is this in my body is this in my am i just tripping in my mind and i and i start breathing and processing and singing and i realize i mean a lot of it is thinking that i need to keep everybody together and everybody afloat and everybody happy <laughs> that's just some major bullshit i just need to notice and observe and be um i can't be responsible for anybody else's grief or emotions including my dad i can just show up and uh and be aware that we're now living we're still alive and honor you know when someone starts crying just shut the fuck up and let people cry don't pass a kleenex don't say it's gonna be okay just you know a acknowledging that someone's crying and just sitting there with them is wonderful it's one of the wonderful practices of grief is just to not even say you know people call me and they're like how are you dude that's a dumb question how the fuck do you think i am <laughs> you know how about just like hey you want to grab a coffee sure or hey i dropped off something at your at your door like this super oh my god this beautiful girl cassie came I walked out the door. There's a pineapple in my front porch with a note that says, thank you. And I'm like, what, Grace? I open the note. And it's just a lovely note that someone dropped by. It's not someone. She's my friend. But I had no idea she'd come over or, or was going to drop this off. Just saying thank you so much for for everything, you know, for sharing your journey with your mom, for um, for being so open. I see you. And this is a gift to welcome you guys on this new journey and that was so touching for me like wow these really cool gifts or stepping outside and seeing a hawk walk by which is like one of my spirit animals and the one i told my mom hey just come by as a hawk and just show me hey you know say hi or whatever and it's just the reminders of the love and this is how i am practicing my grief you know um, being in it, noticing it. Um, and so the thing is like, this mystery is slow, you know, and taking things slow has been really, really intense because I tend to just, let's go, let's go, let's get back to work. Let's run, let's do that. So that, so that I don't feel right. The faster you go, the less you feel. But, um, as I've been encouraging myself to just just step back, pull a witness, 
pulling a witness, my teacher Jack Cornfield states, is you just kind of, you're in the kitchen or you're in the car or you're wherever you're at at the beach, at the hiking, wherever situation you are. It's just like taking a step back kind of inside your brain and looking at everything and everybody who's around you, noticing it and just witnessing like I'm standing right here. There's my dad. We're eating lunch. The puppies are running around. My mom is dead, but we are alive and talking about it and it feels kind of weird and my heart hurts, but I'm here. And I'm, I'm present and I'm just honoring what is. This is what is right now. So that's what I call pulling a witness. You're just witnessing what's happening and then kind of dropping back into my breath, to my body. And being okay with feeling my tears dropping down my cheeks or just cracking a joke and laughing and being slowly in this new, I guess, part of the adventure of my journey in life, you know, without a mom. And uh, like I feel her, you know, I feel her. I choose to live just like she loved living. And we're going to see how this goes. I mean, this is, I'm not even a month into her leaving, but I want to talk about this because for me, this Tales of Recovery, just talking about it is so healing for me. I mean, I think it's healing for my guests and have some cool ones lined up, some that were ready to throw, um, to be launched. But I just thought, no, 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 let's just right now, let's keep this real. I don't want to just put a normal podcast after I just did this super vulnerable one with my mom's passing. I'm grieving and this is what grief is for me right now. And it's so tied into joy. There's a book that my friend Michelle gave me and I bought like so many copies of it. It's called, um. It's a children's book, and it's super, super wonderful. The book is called Cry Heart But Never Break. It's by Glenn Rinktved, R-I-N-G-T-V-E-D. I'm going to put it on the podcast information because um, it's a little kid's book, but honestly, it's for all of us grown-up kids. And it talks about, I mean, it's a beautiful way to explain death to kids. that You know, you don't understand it, but it has to happen. And... It just talks about how grief is married to sorrow and joy is married to anguish. Like they all are part of the same, like you can't have one without the other. You can't be bypassing one to not get to the other. And it's, um, it's another, it's another practice It's to read stories about how other people grieve, how other people see death, how other people have experienced it. And then to just come here and talk about it with you guys. Uh, because this is one of my other practices, speaking my voice, saying what's coming through or what experience has helped me. Um, and hopefully it's helpful or uh, it's very helpful for me. <laughs> so thank you for listening. There's so many things that I'm recovering or remembering or just noticing as a as I walk through this new adventure, thank you for all your messages and for all your comments on last podcast, for um, some of you guys sharing if you've lost your moms and how, you know, or you have somebody who's about to die and how this new kind of viewing death and grieving as part of something beautiful and holy and sacred instead of something to resist um, that it has impacted you. So thank you for every, every note.
and every message. We really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. It helps. It's part of this practice is also to receive. So thank you. I receive all of your messages and your and your love and the gifts and the notes and all of it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you guys um, on the next Tales of Recovery. Good night.